What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Not Another Isekai. I'm Tyler, and of course, another week, more anime, right? That's how it goes every week. More anime today, talking about all the current season stuff that we're checking out. And uh, normally, we have a few isekai. Um, I actually don't remember. How many of these are isekai? Um, we got one from last season. Um, we have one that's a very sneaky isekai. Um, another one that's more of like, uh, sort of an isekai. Three. Um, four. Does that count? I guess it does. We'll talk about it after. But yeah, we kind of do have a few isekai this season that are, you know, and, and that just goes to show the quality, right? Because normally the whole shtick, you know, is that too many isekai, 99% of them are garbage. But when you, when you have one, even more than one that sticks with you, it's like, okay. Alright, you know, it just kind of goes to show how good the show is. Um, but yeah, talking about more stuff today. Um, there is one show, I'm going to I'm gonna give you a heads up and then you guys can kind of try to guess <laughs> which one it is. Um, there is one show, remember remember last week, I think it was last week, I talked about how like, alright, this is probably the lineup for the shows this season, right? Like I think I've shaken out all of the, you know, all, all the excess, that was a lie. There is one show that is being dropped today. I think that is really the final one. Um, which one is it? Uh, maybe, maybe I'll just you know just wait, wait and find out. Um, but yeah, yeah. But for the most part, great stuff. We're really reaching the end, especially with uh, with some of these uh, you know second core shows getting real close to the end, getting really exciting. So uh, yeah, let's get into it with the first show that I think is getting. Not really getting good. It's already good, but oh man, we got uh, here we go. My Hero Academia season six episode nineteen, nineteen. So we're closing on the end, right? And there's like twenty four, twenty five episodes, right? Um, this is pretty much what we thought it was going to be. You know, I I think I mentioned it last episode. Did I actually say that, or did I just think it? <laughs> I thought that Midoriya resembled batman you know he was basically uh what's uh what's what's their city name well, i guess they're just in japan right it's actually based in japan basically japan's batman right because that's just kind of what he looked like at the end he's like all like ragged and like by himself and you know kind of stoic with the hood up the mask up whatever but yeah he does he is basically kind of batman you know so we're at this new stage of Japan where uh, the people they're not they're not trusting the heroes anymore, and it's very different. It's very different than what we've seen so far in all the seasons, right? Because that's just all they've known. I got to kind of mention this earlier, uh, you know, last last week, but like it's strange to them be in a world where all you've known is heroes protecting everyone, keeping everyone safe, you know. Uh, you know, building that trust between them and the civilians and then for them to just flip out of nowhere. Not really out of nowhere, but, you know, we, we know why. But for them to be like, we don't, like, you lost. <laughs> and we lost a lot of stuff, a lot of people, you know. And then now, why would we trust you to survive? Like, we can't possibly do worse ourselves, which they can. They can. They absolutely can. But that's just that's just their thought process. And I don't, I don't really blame them. They're wrong, because, I mean, it's easier for us to see why they're wrong, because it's like, well, we're, we're we're omnipotent in the show, at least, where we can see all the perspectives. 
Um, yeah, so it opens up and it is really, it opens up in a very cool way because they are doing this to show us just kind of like the world, uh, you know, just kind of one example of this like pushback that they're getting for those two kids who just couldn't get through to the civilians. You know, they were, they were just completely locking them out, saying all the stuff I just said, where it's like, you lost, why would we trust you? Do you honestly think that you can win? Because you didn't, you didn't win. You know, we're, we're gonna protect ourselves, we can't. And you know, I, I respect that in some sense because, you know, I like the whole not, um, you know, not being spoon-fed everything, where they're like, we're not gonna, just sit here and let everyone else solve all our problems for us. We're gonna, we're gonna take action into our own hands. You know, we're gonna actually do stuff for ourselves, which I like, because one thing I didn't like about I think it was last episode or episode before, you know, the the hypocrisy, where our their whole life, your whole life, you have trusted these heroes to keep you safe, and then they do something wrong, they lose, and you immediately turn on them. And it's like, well, what do you want us to do? Well, I want you to win. Okay, well, which one is it? <laughs> do you trust us in order to keep you safe? Or are you trying to do everything yourself? You know, like, you, you, you can't have both. You know, you can't sit here and ridicule us for our, you know, our, our wins and losses column. And then at the same time, be like, well, it's your job to keep us safe. It's like, it is. You're right. So let us keep you safe. No, no, we're going to do it ourselves. Okay, whatever. We're, we're all going to leave. <laughs> we're, we're all going to go to Mars. You all can sit here with the villains, and, and and let's just see how you fare. You know, again, that's that's a very you know exaggerated example, but still, that's that's kind of how I feel. I was like, yeah, you're right. We lost. You think we're just gonna lose? You think we're just gonna sit here and do nothing? We saw the little like cuts to everyone. You know, Endeavor, Eraserhead, like like everyone was just like they were mad. Like we are not gonna let this let this go. Um, yeah and then we get further and we have the muscle guy <clears throat> we have the muscle guy who uh is crazy <laughs> basically like bane that's what he reminds me of uh from batman and uh then midoriya came out of nowhere this is kind of the the, the batman-esque uh you know similarities here because he doesn't let anyone see him he's always wearing the mask he's got like the smoke screen stuff um you know and he he doesn't really stick around he's just like hey i got him you know, he, you know, he brings him to the, the police, police, whatever. He's like, all right, cool. Take care of this. You know, he saves the one kid and he's like, all right, cool. You know, you know, get him some treatment. He doesn't stick around. Um, which again, very, very Batman sticking in the shadows, even though it's daytime, <laughs> you know, he has the, the smoke screen and stuff. Um, but yeah, very, very cool. Very, very different kind of character because again, you kind of imagine you compare him to All Might and All Might was very like Superman where he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm the face of everything. I'm here. Look at me. I'm you like, I, I need you to see me so that it instills, um, you know, relief. And so now he's kind of the opposite where he's just like, he's just very quickly and quietly trying to clean up the city. Um, it's cool. It's cool. It's, it's very different. Um, Midoriya also didn't need full power to beat the muscle guy, which I thought was cool. Um, you know, he, you know, cause the, the muscle guy was like, let's go, let's go all out. Let's go all out. And he was crazy. Right. But Midoriya punched him with like, what he said, like 45%. And he said in his mind, he was like, this is my full power. Because again, you know, it, the, the, everything goes hand in hand with him using all of his, all of the quirks, right? He has like 
seven quirks now or whatever from from each previous wielder and i'm pretty sure it is seven because only him and because he's ninth all might was eighth and only him and all might were quirkless right um so yeah his seven quirks basically and you know he's talking and it's like hey don't don't rely so much on your quirks use them as tools and so now he's using all this all his quirks in tandem you know he doesn't have to use any of them at full power because he has the other ones right and so that's you know that's kind of what i took from him being like this is my full power like like i'm you know it's it's a saying we've all heard before but it's like you know uh, work smarter not harder and you know i think that's what midori is learning where before before all of this you know back when he first got his quirk he wanted to just go 100 percent. he wanted to just be like be, be, he wanted to basically be one punch man but it's like you, you don't have to do that well even though one punch man doesn't use 100 percent of his power um but still like he that's what he wanted to do and now he's learned like hey you know quirks are tools you, you have to learn how to use them you don't just go all out and just max out 100 percent every time because that's, that's that's not going to do anything especially with a lot of his quirks too because the the one wielder even said like a lot of our quirks by themselves aren't like crazy good quirks like smokescreen by itself i mean you can be a hero with that but I, like you know i don't know how effective you would be in like a solo battle especially like if he just had smokescreen and like faced the muscle guy he'd probably lose like he, like you would have to be like rockly and go crazy with your hand-to-hand -hand combat and your athletic physical ability to you know fully use that to its maximum potential but with it just being one of seven very useful um so yeah um and then we have the super sad part at the end but somewhat hopeful you know kind of kind of bittersweet i guess where you know we we kind of look at all the letters again we have him in the hospital with all might and his mom kind of uh you know this actually when he was deciding it the moment where he was like hey you know i'm, I'm not going back to ua I'm not doing it because if I go there, you know, uh, all for one can easily find me and then he's going to find all my friends and everyone's going to get hurt. Right. So I, I, I can't do that. Um, but he, he will get stronger. So basically now we have this like spec ops team with him, Hawks, Best Genist, Endeavor and All Might who are kind of under the radar again, kind of trying to quickly and quietly take down all of the Nomus all of the uh, jailbreakers, and all for one. All by themselves. <laughs> so, I don't know how that's going to go. Um, they're all really good. I mean, All Might doesn't really have a quirk anymore. Um, but he, he, he does have knowledge. He does, he does have knowledge. And he, um, you know, and then we do have Endeavor, number one hero. Still, still kind of banged up, but... I mean, they're all kind of banged up, I guess, but... Endeavor, number one hero. You know, Hawks and Best Genist. We already know their skills. Um, and then Midoriya with this, like, it's like fire, right? Um, but we'll see. You know, I'm very excited to see what next episode will bring. Um, because now it's just, like, we're in the end game now. You know, like I said, I think there's, like, 24, 25 episodes, which means five or six episodes max is the rest. So you imagine this is going to be them getting closer, taking out more people, and again to all for one at the end. Um... And we'll see, you know, I don't know how the other heroes are really doing. I know that, like, generally, other heroes are kind of just kind of round-the-clock surveillance, um, you know, because we saw the two kids in the beginning, um, <clears throat> you know, so they're, they're trying to go around trying to salvage what they can, but, uh, yeah, it's, 
it's something, man. You know, you know, this is really the most, I think, impactful season we've had so far because it's so different. Like, it is like, oh, no, the villains are winning. You know, it's not just a battle. Like, like they are winning. They are not only physically besting us, but they are, like, fundamentally destroying, like, our our society. <laughs> you know, so it's, it's going to be tough. I don't know if they can really be all for, uh, yeah. I don't think it can be all for one in Shigaraki, man. They're strong. They're really strong. And they gave it all they had. But they're getting stronger. They're they're working smarter. So we'll see. We'll see. Next, we got Blue Lock, episode 18. Um, yeah, this was the match. This was the match, man. And I, I love it, you know. Um, you know, Baru really coming into his own, really evolving for the first time, it seems like. And... It, it was kind of in line with what I guessed last week, where, you know, I remember saying, like, I bet you bought, they're going to show some of, back, some of Baru's backstory, and it's going to be that, you know, everyone from a kid, um, you know, everyone always relied on him. You know, he was always the best player, so he just kind of fell into the role of being the king. And what do you know? <laughs> That's what happened. You know, uh, everyone was just okay with being in a supporting role. He was always the best, so he was just like, wow, they're really okay with this. All right, I guess I'll I'll be I'll be the guy. I'm clearly better, you know. And then on top of that, it was a really like kind of like masochist <laughs> type uh, mentality that he had, where he just basically enjoyed crushing others' dreams. Where he was like, oh yeah, I didn't really fall in love with it with being the king. I didn't really like you know kicking a ball around. I just I just really like like sucking the soul <laughs> out of people who spent their whole life playing soccer. And I'm just like, Jesus, <laughs> wow. If that, if, if that isn't an egotist, I don't know what is. Uh, but yeah, the, the, the match, you know, they were, they were up 3-4, uh, right? It was, it was three, four, or they were down 3-4. And uh, yeah, and then the moment happened. You know, you know, Isagi was chipping away at Baru the whole time, and then finally Baru was in, a, was in quite a pickle. You know, he wasn't able to get a good, clean shot, and Isagi forced him to pass the ball to him, and Isagi scored. And that was the moment that we needed where Bauru finally finally felt despair, right? He was finally not the lead actor in the movie. Um, and we needed that. He needed that. Because um, he finally felt like what it was like, you know, what it was like on the other side for everyone that has always been a supporting role. Because um, it, it, it's kind of weird, you know, like he does, again, the whole like, egotist thing with Blue Lock. That really is him, you know, because he saw that as losing to Isagi, and it's like, you're on the same team, you're on the same team, <laughs> you know what I mean, like, you can't, you can't lose to him, like, you have to win, but he doesn't see it that way, you know, um, and then we have the very, very, very end game, where Nagati, Nagati, uh, Nagi intercepted Rayo's pass, he didn't, he didn't block Jiggery from getting it, he just took the pass with his crazy ball control, um, and then <laughs> they're just going up the field. And the funniest part of the whole episode was Baru like contemplating whether or not to pass it, right? Because he's finally been broken. He's a he's a dethroned king. And he's thinking about passing it. And he imagined himself like sitting at home drinking and watching soccer. Not only watching soccer, like the national whatever World Cup, but Isigi was like the star of the Japanese team <laughs> and that was like his worst nightmare you know so then that that kind of woken something in him like he evolved you know he uh he had this cool new like chop 
dribbling, which was insane. Um, and uh, yeah, he another really cool thing he did was he used Isagi to like block him as if he was like Isagi's shadow. And that was very confusing to their team, right? Because they're like, where is he going to go? He's kind of using his teammate to be in the way. Um, and he scored, right? He scored. Um, and that, that that was a great moment, you know, because again, that, that was really what we needed was for Baru to evolve in the game because if he didn't, it's not that they weren't going to win because clearly if Baru just had his tail, you know, tucked between his legs, he would have just passed it to either Isagi or Nagi in that moment and one of them would have scored. Um, but, you know, him evolving, I think that greatly enhances their chances for future games um, because now he does kind of understand, right? Um, you know, it's kind of what we got at the end where... Um, you know, he admits that they were the first ones to steal the lead role from him, which I like because up until that point, he was kind of this, like one track mind, like meathead type character. And I like that he can admit something like that because at least now he, he knows, like he is self-aware and hopefully, um, you know, this means that he will maybe pass it every so often in the games and to show that, Hey, like this is the game. Maybe not. But I mean, even if he doesn't, it's like, well, we're just going to do the same thing that we did to you this game. We're just not going to give it to you. We're going to refuse to pass you the ball, you know? So I really hope that he, like, <laughs> he learns. Like, I, I still think for the most part he's going to be Baru because Baru is Baru. But I hope that he understands that he, like, they weren't going to win this game if they didn't do what they did to him. But we'll see. Um, and then at the very end, they hit us with a cliffhanger that I really wasn't expecting them to hit us with. Where they won, and now they have to pick who they want. They want Rayo. They want Chigiri, or they want Kunigami. And to me, I would love to hear what, what you guys think. Um, love to hear what you guys think, because in my mind, there's only one pick. Like, it's Chigiri. Not to discredit anyone else, because listen, Rayo, Rayo is a good passer. He's a good playmaker. Um, he's really good at setting other people up. You know, you know, I feel like before this game even started, I don't think he would have been a bad pick, because they do kind of need someone to feed them the ball. So I think, you know, Rayo would have been good. Um, but the reason I wouldn't pick him is because he didn't really do a whole lot this match. Like, he didn't really shine. You know, he was just kind of there. He was just kind of playing team soccer, which is, which is cool, you know? But, like, there was nothing... Like, when we have to steal another player from a team, we have to have an outstanding reason. And to me, it was like, eh, I don't I don't know, you know... Eh. And, and kind of the same thing goes with Kunigami. Because, you know, Kunigami, I love Kunigami. I love Kunigami's character, right? I love that he was really, like, one of, uh, you know, Isigi's, like, friends' friends, I feel like. But, like, you know, and he's really good, right? He has a really good shot. He he's, he is, a, is, a, is a physical... Physicality is there, which is always great to have. But, again, he didn't really show up a whole lot this game. Like, you know, even him, he, he had his flashbacks. And he was, like... I just couldn't beat them. Like, I was I was just a piece on the board, you know? Like, when they really showed their talents, every single one of them bested me. Might be being a little hard on himself, but if we look at it objectively, he's kind of right. So who was there to pick? Chigiri. Not only does Chigiri have the speed um, and the, 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 the selflessness that, that, you know, good teammates can have, even though they're all trying to be the best striker in the world, we, you know, we do need someone like that, especially for team play. Um, he also evolved. He also evolved, you know, he, he evolved into a spot where he um, can now 
run just as fast with the ball than without the ball, which is insane. You know, so that's that's, that's like a really big, really big skill to have. So I, I think it's obviously Chigiri. You know, I would love to hear what you guys think, especially if you don't think it's Chigiri. Like, why do you think they're going to pick Rayo or Kunigami over Chigiri? I just, I just don't see it. <laughs> I just don't see how that's possible and like how they would explain why they're picking either one of them. Um, you know, having having that little like sneaky speed is going to be a game changer you know and and we're right at the end of the season right we only have a few more episodes left you know about you know four or five episodes left um that's not true we have more we have like five or six i don't know why i said that um who is their last match it's gonna be Bakura's team. I guarantee you, no one has played ba has played Bakura's team yet. No one wants to. Who does want to? This team, Isagi. Everyone, Isagi, Nagi. I mean, I guess Baru doesn't really have like the grudge, but Isagi and Nagi do, and they and they want Bakura back. Very strange if they actually pick Bakura, because Bakura clearly is not the best player on that team. <laughs> but you know, you you gotta pick Bakura, right? Um. Man, wouldn't that be crazy if they have like a, a crazy good match and they don't pick Bakura? It's like, sorry, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely going to be the end, right? Well, I actually don't know about the end because like I said, there's 24, 25 episodes. There's a good like six episodes left, maybe seven episodes left. You can't tell me they're going to stretch that. They can't, right? I don't know. But yeah, very excited for next episode, so... Next, we have the Eminence and Shadow, episode 19, second to last episode. Second to last episode. It, it does kind of feel like it, too. Um, so, we have uh, Iris, Princess Iris, who invited Beatrix to the little shindig, <laughs> whatever it is, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, so we're having Iris back. Um, Beatrix is still in the web of characters, you know, Sid just can't get away from her. <laughs> uh, Beatrix says that Sid has caught her eye. Uh, which kind of shocks everyone because they're like, Sid, like he's like, he's okay, you know, he's, he's okay, why, why, why is he the one? But everyone's like, well, I mean, Beatrix is like the war princess or whatever, the war goddess, so, I mean, we can't really like, you know, can't really push back a whole lot against her, she, she clearly knows what she's talking about, um, so I was, you know. You know, and then even like said to himself is like, well, she's clearly, uh, she's true, she's clearly worth the name of of the war goddess, cause she 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 can see from just just a glance how powerful I truly am. Um, then we have the fight, Iris and Mundane Man. That's like the 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 finale, right? I think. Um, Iris keeps sensing Mundane's moves, kind of like other characters have, um, but she keeps sensing them, like him, like cutting off her head, him, like chopping at her ankle cutting her hand off whatever and he's not actually doing anything but it's just like the the, the aura and like just just his just, just like the aura of his true skill gets to her enough for like her to see what the possibilities are and it like freak her out um and then um with just one move mundane man is able to knock her to the ground you know have a sword at her neck and he says that we're just getting started um, which is funny, um, you know, they don't actually do anything further than that, but I wonder what he meant by that, you know, I wonder if he was actually going to, like, mess with her for a long time and just, like, toy with her, the whole thing, 
because he clearly could have just been, oh, I win. Yield. <laughs> Do you yield? Um, and then, uh, then Rose is here. Very crazy. Didn't really expect to see Rose here. And, uh, he, she killed the king, AKA her father. Um, you know, you know, which I think was a big moment because even in that moment, you know, the king confessed his love for her, right? I don't remember if the king was like a bad dad or not. Either way, him, him, like her hearing him say that was big. Like she started crying and then it looked like she was trying to stab uh, Perv, but he, but she instead stabbed the king. And like in that moment, it's like, oh no. But then I was, but then you look at it and you're like, maybe that's what she was trying to do, you know, because when she stabbed him, she wasn't like, oh no, you know, like, like you would if you accidentally stabbed your father when you weren't meaning to, it, it was more so just like, you know, and, and even when she stabbed him, you know, the, the dad was like, I love you. And it's like, I, you know, I think, I think that's what they both wanted. Not really. I mean, at the end of the day, like would have been nice to not have to be stabbed or stabbed, you know, right. But like, even where it's like, this is not going to work out, you know? So like she stabbed him, took him out of his misery. And then now it's like this whole thing now, you know? So that's, oh man. If she wasn't a wanted criminal before then, she certainly is now. Um, you know, especially for her, like, them, like, painting her as, like, she's insane, right? Um, and then this is Sid's moment. He finally revealed his true identity as the Lord Shadow, or at least tried to. And now Sid and Beatrix are crossing swords. Um, I don't remember... Because, like, Lord Shadow's very powerful, right? You don't really want to mess with him. You know, he's not really seen as, like, a hero. But does Beatrix have any... Like, have we learned why... Like, why Beatrix would, like, immediately start fighting this man as soon as he's like, Lord Shadow, you know, like, as soon as he sees him? But do we know why? Because, you know, I know that she's looking for Alpha. She's clearly looking for Alpha, right? Do we know that Alpha and Lord... does Is that, like, a known thing? That, like, Alpha and Lord Shadow have, like, a relationship... Like, oh, if I get to him, I can get to her. Um, I don't know. But we'll see. I mean, again, if we're, do if we're talking predictions, right? We have one final episode. Just with this fight, do we really believe that Lord Shadow's going to lose the fight? <laughs> do we? I mean, no, right? Like, he is, he is the classic parody of, like, an OP character, right? Like, he's not going to lose. Um, but there's only one episode left. Like, I really don't even know, like... Like, like, normally when you reach the finale of an anime, it's like, all right, here's what they're going to wrap up. But now I'm just sitting here like, what, what are they wrapping up? What, what story exactly are they closing? What, what is the overall story of this show? I don't really know, but I guess next episode we'll find out. So, and then it's done. Uh, but next we have the angel next door spills me rotten episode six just just a good show you know just a fun show um uh we open up with katawaki uh he's getting chocolates from every girl he's the classic popular guy every girl wants to give him chocolates wants to feel that you know um and i like it because they didn't really paint him as like super like cool you know, and like super like, ah, oh, yes, I deserve this. He's more so just like, ah, thanks. Thanks, man. <laughs> thanks, dudes. Uh, so that was cool. And uh, then we have 
Oh yeah, that is, you know, basically the reason for me saying that is because you know that kind of sets up what the episode is about, right? Like Valentine's Day, giving chocolates. Uh, you know the whole, you know, like you know, that's the whole thing with like Japan, right? I don't actually know if it's a Japan thing or if it's just an anime thing. Never been to Japan, well, I wouldn't know. <laughs> but I know in at least anime, it is a thing where it's like Valentine's Day. Usually the girls are the ones who give out chocolates, and then White Day, which is a month later, I believe, right in March. Um, the guys then return the favor and give chocolates, uh, to the girls. Or I guess it could be other stuff too, like you can give other presents, but I'm pretty sure chocolates is like the thing. Um, yeah. Then we have Chitose, uh, gave Amine Russian roulette chocolate, <laughs> which is so funny. They'd be like, yeah, some of them are super sweet, some of them are super sour, some of them are level 1000 on the Scoville chart. <laughs> You know, and then even like, even, uh, you know, even, uh, you know, Amine is eating them and he's like, I can't eat all these in one day. I could probably space these out over the next month. <laughs> if I eat them all in one day, I will die. Um, and then we're back at home and Mahiru gave Amine hot chocolate, which is like, ooh, it's like a thing for Valentine's Day because it's chocolate. And then she also left in a hurry and he sees that he, she also left him orange jets, which I never heard of before, but it's just like very thin slices of orange um with like half of it dipped in chocolate so it's like you cut an orange slice you know like a like a like a circle orange slice so you know not like you peeled it and then you have like the wedges um and you dip it dip it in the thing in the chocolate um i never knew how that works though because like it still has a skin on it like do you eat the skin or like the rind is that what it's called the rind of an orange um I suppose it's probably okay to eat the rind of an orange. I mean, if you know, if you wash it. Um, I just never really thought of doing that because it just... I just don't think it would taste good. But I guess if it's like, if they're super thinly sliced, you probably can't even really taste it. Um, so that was cool, you know. So she, you know, you know, right there, we do see her actually giving him chocolates, right? Which is like, hey, Valentine's Day, you know, I want to do something. Um, and then further on, we see Mahiru, who is upset that he never told her a birthday right so like they already knew each other by the time his first birthday not his first birthday um you know by the time his, his birthday came and went she's upset it's like okay we're definitely gonna celebrate it next year um so that was a thing right again like very ups you know <laughs> you know it's a very i mean you know even like friends i guess maybe too where it's like you never told me your birthday you know um and then uh he ends up returning the favor for white day he got her a bracelet which is very cute. Um, you know, again, this kind of goes to my thing where it's like, I guess it's not really only chocolates. You don't really just give back chocolates, I guess. Um, but yeah, love that. You know, because he was just like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not my girlfriend, but like, we have a close relationship. Like, is this okay? You know, the bracelet. And it's like, you can tell that she's like, yeah, love it. Um, but then he also got her something like very cheesy. He got her like two wishes <laughs> that, you know, you know, you know, she can use whenever she wants. And she used the one to, uh, so that, you know, hey, you know, I want you to put my bracelet on for me. It's like, ah, oh, yes. You know, you know, such a small moment, but it's a very cute moment, you know. And again, you know, this, this is really one of the reasons why I love this show is that, you know, I feel like a lot of romance, uh, you know, slice of life shows have tropes, right? I'm not saying this, this show, like, avoids tropes because there's a lot of them sprinkled throughout. But it is just those, like, small moments where it's not, like, super loud. It's not, like, in your face. Um... You know, it's not like, I don't know, like, you know, they, they do get embarrassed at each other, I guess, but like, 
it's just the smaller stuff. That's like, oh, you know, this is just a moment that can exist. And there doesn't need to be anything said. But you can clearly tell that they, they like each other a lot. Um, but if I keep that in mind, though, we have another wish. I wonder what the other wish will be. I wonder if that'll come back around in a bigger moment. Uh, I'm sure it will. And then um, another big moment, she's okay with physical contact, right? Like she's talked about before how like she doesn't like people touch her. She doesn't like the physical, like don't, don't touch me. <laughs> um, you know, and, and she, so she gets a little embarrassed. She gets a little flush when, you know, Amine touches her to be like, look, you're all skinny. And then she's like, well, no, I'm, I'm okay if you, you know, if it's you, I just don't want other guys touching me or whatever. And so that's like clearly like, all right, all right, guys, what are we, what are we still hiding it for? You know, <laughs> clearly, I don't know. It's, it's very clear, right? Um, and then she says that she cherishes everything he's ever given her, right? The bear, the hand cream, the bracelets, and something else, right? I forget what the other thing he got. There was, there was one more thing. But yeah, she, she cherishes all of them, right? And again, it's, it's just a very nice moment because, you know, she doesn't take those things lightly, you know? She doesn't want Amine to think that she takes them lightly. Like, no, like, I take care of, of Mr. Bear, <laughs> you know? Um, so... Again, one of those shows, if you've seen romance anime before, you know where this is going. They're going to end up together very soon. There's only 12 episodes of this anime. You know, so it's not like a two-core thing where it's like this whole journey. Like, they're going to end up together probably very soon. Again, we're halfway, episode six. So, not too much left. Um, but yeah, I just, I just can't wait to see it happen because it's going to happen. I don't know. Maybe, I don't want to say that because if this is based on a manga... There might be like a hundred chapters and it's like, oh, this is only covering chapters one through 20. And it's like, all right, well, maybe they don't get together. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just love it. It's, it's just, you know, it's the, I always say this every week. It's a, it's a very feel good anime. And, uh, you know, again, you know, it's not like it doesn't play super heavy into like anime isms that other romance shows do. Where again, they're very loud. They're very boisterous with this one. You know, with this one, it is like them just kind of hanging out together and just like doing doing sweet things together you know these like you know these you know it's like fun little gestures um and they're building it organically right um so yeah very nice next we have the ice guy and his cool female colleague episode six um uh, yeah great show um so with this one we have the chief giving himaru tickets and fuyutsuki uh tickets to nakomi land or Nekomi. It's probably, it's probably Nekomi. <laughs> to Nekomi land. Uh, it's all about cats, I would presume. And uh, yeah, so that just kind of sets up another, you know, another moment, right? You know, I feel like that's kind of every episode is them being like, okay, what is the next thing that they're going to do together? And them going to like a little amusement park type thing together. Very nice. Um, Fuyutsuki and Himaru helped the kid find her parents. So that was cool. You know, that was kind of them being like, Ooh, look how nice Fuyutsuki is. She's she's gonna help some kid, some random kid out, find her parents. Very sweet. Um, and then it kind of went the opposite too, where uh, you know Himaru helped the one kid like not be scared or something. I think. Um, and then, you know, Fuyutsuki kind of does what she does, where you know she kind of says things that I think she doesn't. Like, in the moment, she doesn't really understand how, 
um, how deeply they can be taken. Where like other people would, would never say that, would never say those words in that way, in that order, because they know how it can be perceived. And, you know, it can be kind of embarrassing, right? So like, you know, Futsuki was like, you'd make a good father, you know? And so like, again, it's, it's kind of a weird thing, especially talking to someone that like you guys clearly like each other. And I think you guys know that you like each other. You guys just aren't really like dating necessarily. You're kind of just in that weird like middle spot. Um, but like a normal person probably wouldn't say that in that sense. But she says it because she, she's being like super innocent. She's like, oh yeah, I think you'd make a good dad. And then, you know, of course, Himaru hearing that is like, oh my God, oh, what does this mean? <laughs> you know? Um, and then Nekomi Land is the place of love and joy, right? We have the whole thing and that's what, uh, you know, that's what Fuyutsuki says. And it's just like, it's just a good cap to the day or like to the experience where it's like they both, you know, neither of them are even close to regretting, you know, going together to Nekomi Land, right? But even, even with that, it's like, th you know, this was a good day. This was worth it. Um, you know, this was a good choice, you know, because I feel like that is a lot of both of their, I mean, I mean, I feel like more so Himuro, um, you know, I feel like we're kind of in his head a little bit more of the time and he's a little bit more nervous. I feel like that just goes to show, um, you know, his character and like, you know, especially with him being the whole like ice, ice guy, you know, you know, we always, it's very easy to see his emotions on his sleeve rather than Fuyutsuki, which I think goes again to what I was saying earlier, where, um, you know, she, she just kind of says stuff, you know, she just kind of says stuff very like deadpan, um, so, so I think they're kind of constantly in this like weird loop where they want to hang out and, you know, they, they like the other person, but they're never really sure if what they're doing is right. Like if going to, for example, Nekami land is what makes sense if like the other person really wants to go or if this makes sense to like build a relationship, <laughs> you know, but then always by the end of it, they're like, yeah, good times. Um, and then um, in that moment... I think, could be wrong, but I think Himaru was about to confess to her. He was real close, really close. Um, but then the friends, I forget the friends' names, uh, but then they, they kind of interrupted, right? Uh, you know, because they're like, like the whole time they like got split up and they're like, hey, let's just kind of be on our own. Um, you know, and, and, and you can even tell, like, you know, I think Fuyutsuki was like, oh man, I didn't think they were going to show up so soon. And that was her like veiled way of being like, I really wanted to hear what he was going to say. Um, and then at the end of the day, they bought matching mugs, um, you know, that, that's kind of the whole thing with the, like, almost confession thing, too, where they're like, oh, but aren't, aren't people at work gonna, gonna, like, say stuff about us having matching mugs? Uh, but they do have matching mugs, that's, that's very cute, and, uh, yeah, it's kind of where it ends, um, so yeah, just, just a nice day at Nekomi Land, I'm getting closer, I mean, so close that, again, I'm pretty sure Himaru was about to confess there to her, and that would have been insane, so... I wonder how much they're going to tease us with that. Um, again, this is like a one course. We got 12 episodes, 13 episodes, whatever. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Again, you know, this is, you know, you know that is, if, if you watch enough romance anime, you'll know that, um, you know, with, with manga as well, um, romance anime, are, it's usually about two people who like each other and they're like times together and the road to them being a couple, right? Normally the anime or the manga 
will end when they get together because the exciting parts the interesting parts the entertaining parts was them doing the weird dance you know them like being together getting embarrassed maybe confessing maybe not you know whatever the like weird jig that that that, that they kind of mess you know they kind of tease us with um and then they get together finally and then it ends right um because after that it's like oh this isn't really exciting anymore they're just kind of together being like happy <laughs> you know it's like that's not really it's not really fun to watch or read um but there are some anime manga that aren't like that that they do get together and it's still it still goes on it's still very entertaining like one thing um is horimiya horimiya um very good romance slice of life type show or, or manga um that is also a show i think it has like one season out i don't know if it's getting more uh, definitely deserves it but you know that's one that like pretty much right in the beginning you know i, I guess this might be a spoiler but whatever you know like I said, I don't really think it's a spoiler because, like, right in the beginning, the two main characters kind of get together, you know? And then, like, the next 90% of the entire run of manga is them together. And, like, it's still so cool because, you know, they're, they're, they're a very cute couple. Um, their personalities, you know, together are very fun to watch. And also the supporting cast is also very good, you know? So it's like, that. you know, that is an example of, like, the opposite where, like, most of the manga is actually them together. You know, like, they don't end it with, like, okay, now now we're together. Manga over, story over. No, You know, there's no more story to tell. Um, another one is um, a show, which is also based on a manga, but I didn't I didn't, I didn't read this manga. I just watched the show, um, is My Love Story. My Love Story, I think with, like, three exclamation points or something, where it's, like, pretty much right in the beginning, the two main characters, like, within the first few episodes, the two main characters, like, get together, and they, like, hang out. And they're like together. I, I don't know if they like officially get together, but they're like together, you know. They're like clearly together. They clearly like each other. And then the rest of the show is them together just just doing fun things together, you know. I've said the word together a lot. Um, but you know, so again, some of them do. So the reason I bring that up is because now we have this show where it's like again, I don't know if it'll get another season, I don't know what it's based on, but I wouldn't be mad. Like this is one of the shows where I could see them getting together like before the end of the show and it's still continuing because of just i mean they're, they're basically together right now aren't they like kinda you know so we'll see uh next we have the magical revolution of the reincarnated princess and the genius young lady episode six um yeah this is this gets to more some more like lore um so we have tilty new character she's a curse specialist she goes crazy for them curses. <laughs> um, she's cool, you know. I'm, I'm excited to see more of her character. Her being like a reoccurring character, because <laughs> you know she is very deadpan, very just like, uh. But like when you get a curse, when you get a curse in front of her, oh my gosh. <laughs> um, and then we have Annis wants to absorb the dragon's magic. That's why they went to Tilty, because Tilty might have the way to uh, to do that, to achieve that. She wants to absorb the dragon's magic, which is kind of crazy. But she she's all about magicite, she magicology, you know, she's trying to really develop this this stuff. So her her uh, her absorbing the magic, the knowledge, all that stuff could be a huge boost, a huge push forward to her research. Um then we have a little bit further on, we're kinda of getting the other side of the story, uh the other like plots of the show. We have Algard, who was behind Yuffie's condemning. So 
apparently Algard was the one that was going around kind of spreading rumors. Not not really rumors, but just like ill words about Yuffie to just everyone. And it's like, man, that sucks. <laughs> you know, come on, Algard, what are you doing? And it's that, it's that thing was like, I, you know, I don't think we've learned why yet. But, you know, you know, I feel like Anna says that's kind of her thought process where she's like, but Algard's not like a bad person, you know, like just inherently he's not a bad person you know like there are some things about him but this is not with everyone that doesn't everyone have like everyone has flaws right but inherently he's not really a bad guy so like why like he must have a reason you know so you know you can tell that like annis doesn't want to just throw him under the bus and be like all right he's dead to me chop his head off <laughs> you know she's more like we'll see we'll figure it out um and then Annis just straight up fondled Lainey. <laughs> and um, she's somehow able to see that be, due, due to that, that little bit of physical research that she had, um, she's using magic. It's the power of fascination. And so Lainey has some magicite within her, um, sort of like Annis does. And she's like, yeah, you have the power of fascination. You know, and then Lainey's like, well, that does, you know, that does kind of connect a lot of dots where she's like, you know, everyone's always kind of been nice to me just naturally, which is then kind of made a lot of other people hate me because of how other people like me, um, which also might explain the whole reason why Algard was very quick to just break off the relationship with Yuffie and go with Lainey. Um, but Lainey's not doing it purposefully, you know, you know, that's what Annis has kind of deduced where she's like, I don't think she's doing it intentionally i think it's just something she can't control it is just like an aura that's around her that she can't turn off um and uh yeah so that happens you know we we see that she might be a threat to the whole country apparently uh because i mean i mean that is a pretty powerful piece of magic right there um and then annis what does annis do she offers to take laney in because <laughs> of course she does um She's always the one taking in the stray cats. You know, Ilya was like that. Yuffie's like that. And now Lainey. And um, we kind of hit, not really a cliffhanger, but more just like something to think about. Where it's like, you know, the the king, the dad is like, do you really think that'd be a good idea? She's like, yeah. He's like, who else are you, who else are you living with right now? And she's like, oh no. You know, be, you know, and it. And I think that was them trying to be like, do you think you bringing in Lainey is going to be wise when Yuffie is already living with you? You know, and I think there's a couple different reasons. Um, I think the main one, which is kind of what the king was driving at, was Algard broke off the engagement with Yuffie to be with Lainey. You don't think Lainey's gonna have a problem with that? Or, sorry, Yuffie? Like, does Yuffie have any sort of resentment for that? She probably doesn't. I mean, I feel like at this point, Yuffie isn't really that kind of character, but maybe she does. Maybe she does, she just hides it well, where she really doesn't, she really does resent Lainey for this. But also, I think on a deeper level, which may not be what the king was referring to, but something that we can see, um, Yuffie clearly loves Annis. Like, I mean, again, if you've watched <laughs> any sort of shows like this, um, like, Annis and Yuffie are, like, together. Like, like they, like, that is where this is going to end up. They're going to be, like, a couple-couple. 
They gotta be. So just with that notion, bring in another girl. Even if Yuffie doesn't resent Lainey for what happened between the Algard situation, I, I think she's going to get jealous. I think she's going to feel real insecure. She already kind of feels insecure because her whole life was ripped away from her and she has she feels like she has no purpose anymore. So now she's kind of clinging to you and you're going to bring in another girl? Mm, mm. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea. So we'll see what happens though. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I think it is going to open up with her taking Lini in and I mean, I, I mean, maybe going to Yuffie and being like, hey, so here's the situation. And we're going to kind of see how Yuffie responds to this. Because um, again, you know, you know, one thing that I've kind of been mentioning or just kind of like brushing against with most of these shows is that we're on episode six. We're about halfway through the show. So now we're at this turning point in the season, halfway point in the season, where it's like, okay, what kind of developments are being set up for the rest of the season, you know? So something like this, I don't know, could we get a thing where, where Yuffie really doesn't like the idea? Could that be where this is going? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see it. Because again, you know, I, love, I love these characters. I love to see what goes on. Um, you know, And then the whole like magicology thing. It's like the dragon, the knowledge, magicite. Like, I'm very interested to see where it ends up by the end of the season. Like where all this, well, what all this research actually leads to. Um, you know, so, yeah. Next, we have my anime of the season. Um, probably. Probably. Buddy Daddies. Buddy Daddies episode 6. Um, this was a cool episode because it kind of introduced something that I think was needed, you know? Which was Miri being a kid and, and like, all kids at one point, they act up. You know, again, we realized at the end, Miri wasn't really acting up, but... It is nice to see, you know, as I see that she is not, you know, at least for the perspective of most of the episode, um, you know, she acted like a kid, like she got in this little tussle with the other kid. I mean, kids fight, that's what they do. They argue, you know, you know, you know, kids are very, kids can be simultaneously very selfless and very selfish, you know, so things like that happen, right? It happens. It's all good. Um... So, yeah, Miriam got in a fight, right? Um, she didn't want to talk about it. She called Kazuki mean, ran off, and that just broke Kazuki. <laughs> it was just so funny. It was just so funny to see Kazuki get all broken up over Miri, like, not liking him. <laughs> and then Ray just, like, just, just pushing it further and being like, you're just doing this to get back on her good side. <laughs> it, was, it was just good, man. You know, it's, it's really funny because you you know go back to where this started of like him not wanting her and him being like well we're spies we can't form a connection like we got to get her out you know even back in the system will be better than what you know and then first to be like i love her i, I must protect her <laughs> i attack but i also protect um and then uh Kosky decides to deliver her lunch which is just another way for him to try to get close to her and just get all up in these shenanigans um, and then we have the perpetrator, Taiga. Taiga scared the monkey away, so it is kind of building him up. You know, I feel like most of the episode is trying to build him up to be like, oh, well, we see why Miri did it. <laughs> like, Taiga sucks. You know, he's, 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 he's just this kid, just a snot-nosed kid, you know, trying to get all the attention. And it's like, oh, yeah, you know, I see why she was like, you're being mean. 
and just decked him. <laughs> you know? Um, and then I don't know where we just see, like, a criminal, like, turns away from, like, the cop cars and just goes into the zoo, and you're like, what is happening? <laughs> Again, very spy family. This is a very spy family scenario where it's like, oh, just a day at the zoo, and there's a wanted criminal on the loose also at the zoo, you know? Um, and then, uh, but, you know, stuff finally turns around, and Taiga's impressed with Papa Ray's cart skills, right? And... I just love that moment because one, you know, it's nice for kids to like come around and like be friends, right? But also because it's like such a kid thing to be impressed by. Like, whoa, your your dad has gold medals in all the Mario Kart courses? That's crazy. <laughs> you know, and like to like bond over something that like your dad is good at. Like the, I don't know, I don't know, it's just like a kid thing. Or it's like, <laughs> you know, like okay, that doesn't have nothing to do with Miri, but that's just not how kid logic works you know same thing with like an older brother like oh dude my you know my my older brother has he he completed the pokedex that's like all the legendaries all the starters isn't that crazy it's like whoa he has a completed pokedex how did he do it you know and it's like i mean i didn't get the complete pokedex but you're still like you still want to be friends with me because of my brother you know um so yeah it's kind of like a i don't know a very a very like wholesome kid thing um, and then Taiga shares his lunch, so again, just kind of furthering the bond, you know, and, you know, not only with him, but also Miri, you know, I like that Miri's kind of the catalyst for all this stuff, you know, she is, like, she's just, like, a good kid, you know, and she just, like, attracts friends, you know, because she, she just wants to be nice to everyone, right? Um, and then, uh, the criminal shows up, Koski and Ray fought off the criminal, wearing, like, the animal costumes, and, um... Excuse me. Um, they fought off the criminal. And that was cool. Because um, <laughs> just destroying this man. They're wearing like a bunny suit. It's very funny. Um, and yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, it was just nice to see. Because at the end of the day, um, you know, him not bringing the lunch kind of forced. Don't even like uh, close the gap in Miri and Tiger's relationship. That was cool. I was definitely, uh, you know, like part of me was expecting at one point for Miri to be like, I know that's you, Papa, you know, because like, I don't know, I don't know, just like a weird like kid thing where it's like, I can tell that's you, you know, or something, um, you know, because, you know, Miri has been very perceptive in the past, but it, it, it never happened. It never happened. Then um, they find out that Miri never fought, you know, uh, Miss Miss Anna, I think is her name. Um, she wrote in the journal, like, oh, we found out what happened, you know, I mean, honestly, I, I think that was either, I mean, honestly, I would like to think that Taiga wrote, like, he finally confessed, and, like, you know, he, he told Anna, like, hey, this, this, this is what happened, you know, um, you know, you know, which is like a, a product of them becoming friends. You know, I would like to think that that's what happened. Like, hey, I'm sorry. Like, you know, she didn't hit me. I was, I was doing this, and she did it by accident. It wasn't her fault. Because um, again, you know, like I said, there are moments like that where kids are just kids, and they're just like, you know, well, this is what happened. This is what happened. So, um, but yeah. So again, just another good episode of going to the zoo, the spy stuff. Um, you know, again, a, a, a tough parenting moment for Koski, and, you know, he's able to get past it, 
Um, so again, you know, like I said, I I love the spy stuff. This is very similar to Spy Family, where if you haven't watched or read Spy Family, please go do that. It's very, very good. Um, but it's just that thing where it's like, hey, I love the spy stuff, but I just want the family stuff. I just want Koski and Ray and Miri to just do stuff, you know, like, like, like that's the show for me, <laughs> you know? Um, so if they can just keep doing that, 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10 anime. Well, I don't know about 10 out of 10, but you know, good. Very, very good. Next, Vinland Saga season two, episode five, probably my real anime this season. Like I love buddy daddies, don't get me wrong, but Vinland Saga is like the one. Vinland Saga is like, you are entrenched in this show. Uh, episode five, I don't know if I said that. So, we have a little bit of a flashback, uh, sort of just like a recap to where Askeladd, uh, real name Lucius, uh, he was the rightful king to Britannia, and uh, you know, this this kind of whole episode kind of playing off of that. It was kind of more so the world, what else is happening, uh, you know, in the country, because that is very uh, important to the story of Vinland Saga. It's not only Thorfinn, like it's not only Thorfinn's story, it is what's happening everywhere. Um, so that is really the whole episode was was kind of learning about other stuff, and you know I didn't I didn't dislike that I do like seeing Thorfinn, um, especially would like him to get to the point where he's just like going crazy again, but we'll see. Um, so yeah, yeah, this was more like world building. Like, hey, remember those other characters that you kind of loved? Um, let's kind of catch up with them, you know, because I'm sure they'll come back around at some point uh, with like the Thorfinn story, right? Um, King King Swain Swine, uh, his death caused a war. Because, you know, he was the king. So him dying is like, whoa, everything's out of whack now, you know. Um, remember, uh, you know, Askeladd is the one who killed him, right? He's like, I'm, I'm the rightful king, chop. Um, I don't remember what happened to Askeladd, though. Did he die? <laughs> was he taken into custody and executed, maybe? I don't know. Um, was it ever said? Like, do we know? Am I just an idiot and I missed it? I don't remember. Um, I mean, it's kind of similar with Thorfinn, too, where, like, I would really like to see... <laughs> Like, I'm really hoping that at some point we see the connection there. Okay, again, connecting season one to season two. What happened with Thorfinn? Was he taken into custody and then just sold off as a slave? You know, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's as simple as that. Um, Canute stopped Thorkel from continuing the fight. I forgot about Thorkel, man. He's the crazy guy. <laughs> He's like, I just want to fight. <laughs> um, he stopped him from continuing the fight because that was his whole thing where he was like, we're good, like, we have a truce, you have to keep fighting, and Thorkel was like, no, the fight does not end until we have the leader's head on a pike, you know, so that's kind of the over the odds, and then Thorkel was like, this is the last time, like, you will not stop me again, like, next time there's a fight, I'm going all the way, it doesn't matter what you say, um, Canute rejected Edric's silver, right, so Edric was basically trying to bribe him and be like, hey, get out of the country, for 4,000 silver, and you'll get another 4,000 if you accept, and Canute was like, wait, 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 you're trying to buy me out of my own country, so that you can just do whatever you want, no, no, he spit in the face of this man's offer, are you kidding me, and I love that, I mean, well, we're, we're gonna talk about how crazy Canute actually goes in just a second, but like, it's so funny to see the progression, because if you remember, you might not, uh, Canute was was the rightful prince and then king, um, but we found him and he was he was useless. You know, like he he was super soft spoken. Like he didn't even talk ever. He didn't fight. Like he didn't get in any confrontations. He didn't do anything like that. Um, and then they were finally, you know, kind of his time with Thorfinn and Askeladd and all of them kind of made him tougher. 
and then he was kind of forced to be this this king you know he's you know because he, he was the rightful prince but he he wasn't like a prince like he wasn't really prince material so it's funny to see him now where he's like making his own decisions and like he's he's pushing back because a weaker king would have been like eight thousand silver you say <laughs> well well i can't refuse an offer like that um Canute then showed Edric his power with those signal fires, basically showing him, like, hey, you don't understand what my reach is. Like, if I wanted to, I could burn this place to the ground, and you wouldn't be able to stop me. You think 8,000 silver is going to get me out of here? I have plans. Like, you you are thinking such such small brain, you know? Um, and then Canute, Canute said that he wants uh, Ethelred's head. You want this? Give me his head. Um, so eventually, Elthered does die from "quote unquote" illness, and uh, Edmund takes the throne. Right, Edmund, his son. Um, the reason why I say "quote unquote" because it's like he died from illness. Nah, he was probably poisoned. And then seven months later, what do you know? Edmund dies from illness. Um, so that's just, and then you know, Canute is now the king of England. So again. Like I said, I love his progression. I love how far he goes. Where he is a true king. He's going to get what he wants. And there's no one that can stop him. You know? You are not going to be able to take what is mine. You know? And that's and that's that's true kingship. <laughs> you know? Murdering the people that you need to murder in order to take the top. You know? And then we have like a thing with Thoracle where he's like, Don't talk to me about Canute. <laughs> um... So we'll see, you know, again, this is a lot of, I don't, I don't want to say it's filler because it's not true, but it is more like just kind of catching us up and being like, hey, remember these, all these other characters? Here's what they're up to. Um, you know, because again, the, the world is very important to Vinland Saga. Um, all the politics and all that stuff. So uh, I'm sure we'll see next episode. We'll get back to Thorfinn. You know, again, at, at some point, this is a two core show, I'm pretty sure. So there's a lot of story that's going to be told here. Uh, but we'll see. We'll see what actually happens with Thorfinn. Next, we have The Misfit, The Demon King Academy, Season 2, Episode 5. Um, yeah, this is pretty cool. This was them kind of facing off. Um, well, sort of meeting Avos, sort of. And then, um, you know, them kind of building towards it. And being like, okay, here's what we have to do. So again, kind of sort of a setup episode, I would say. Um, you know, I think next episode is where we're going to get, you know, where we're going to get a lot more. Maybe more planning and then more like some action so um so we found out that half of misa turned into the false demon king avos um so basically got half misa half avos and so their plan is you know anos is like we can do it all we need to do is destroy the avos half and save the misa half that we can get misa back and get rid of this false king because i'm the demon king <laughs> um so we have elio is still loyal to anos so that's, that's really cool because we didn't know that, you know, we were kind of expecting everyone to be under Avos, um, but no, he's like, I'm so loyal, there are still people out there, there are still demons that were under your leadership that trust you and still believe that Avos is a is a false demon king, um, so that's cool, he does, he does still have allies out there, um, and apparently they're just killing all the hybrid demons, so if you're a hybrid, you're not worth it, we're sucking your soul, we're killing you. Um, which is crazy, really nuts. Again, because it goes to that thing where it's like, but this is just how I was born. Like, how, like, why am I? Like, me being born who I am is a crime. That's that's insane. 
you know, and then we get to like real like, is this a is this a uh, analogy to racism? Yeah, probably. Probably a mixture of racism and classism, right? Which are many times the same thing, unfortunately. Um, and then uh, Anos' parents save that one girl, uh, Amelia. They save her from almost having her soul sucked. And then they're kind of in trouble. <laughs> and then Anos comes in and saves them, saves everyone. Just like turns those guys to dust. And it's like, geez, you know. Oh. Um, and then Amelia, this whole kind of thing with, with Anos... And uh, she kind of breaks down. Anos kind of breaks her down. And uh, we're not sure what she wants to do, you know, because I think initially she really wants to be turned back into a pure blood. You know, that way she can live, be part of royalty. Uh, but then there's part of her that's like, you know, because Anos is trying to like see her, make her see the picture of like, so you're cool with it? Like you're, you're cool, like you're cool going back to like a full blood and just you're cool with what everyone's doing. You know, as, as long as it's not you, you know, as long as you're safe. You're just okay with what everyone is doing, which would be your people at that point. Because if you're cool with that, I can change you back, you know? And she starts crying, and Anos leaves, because she, because she's torn. Because, again, it's it's a thing where it's like, once you see the other side, are you okay with going back? Knowing what is happening to everyone, knowing what they would have done to you just because of your bloodline? But, but you know, once you're back, everything's fine, right? No. And any normal person with any sort of real morality <laughs> wouldn't be able to just take that. So that was very clever by Anos from, for, 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 uh, for pointing that out. So yeah, like I said, a lot of setup, you know, they're kind of here. Um, I think at the early at the end of the episode, they're like, let's go. We're going to, this is a secret passage to the, to the demon dungeon or whatever. So, you know, I think next episode is going to be a lot of action, a lot of working their way to Avos. Next, we have Don't Talk With Me, Miss Nagatoro, Season 2, Episode 6. Um, again, just another show that I just really enjoy. <laughs> um, so we have Nagatoro asking about Christmas present with her sister. Um, I forget what her name was, like Anatoro or something. Um, it's probably nothing like that. I think I just made that name up. Um, so yeah, that's more Christmas present. Very clearly asking about it to give to Senpai, but she would never admit that, you know? Again, you know, I love that it's like Nagatoro has her own Nagatoro with her older sister. <laughs> um, and Senpai has a Christmas dream where he gives her a present. And uh, I think Nagatoro loves it. And she and he wakes up and she's like, I wonder how she's actually going to react, you know? Because again, she, he has no idea, right? She might make fun of him. She might, you know, we don't know. Um, and basically, they basically spend the whole episode, like, trying to get alone so they can exchange gifts. Like, they kind of want to, you know, they want some privacy, right? Like, I, I get that. Um, and they never can, right? Like, they, uh, the friends burst in, uh, the, like, principal or whatever walks by. There's something crazy happening in the nurse's office. Um, and then they even get to the roof, and there's about 17 couples up there. All acting very much like couples. Um... But then they finally just say, who cares? Like, especially with that, it's like they're preoccupied. Like, no one is looking at us. And also everyone is kind of being, like, romantic up here. So it's not going to be weird, you know? Um, and so they exchange gifts and they've got each other scarves. <laughs> they got each other the same thing, which, which is cute, you know? Oh, my God. We've got each other the same thing. It's crazy. Um, you know, she even kind of makes fun of them. Like, oh, stop, stop copying me, you know? 
um so yeah that was that was very nice nice little thing there and again you know because christmas present it is like it is much more of a romantic thing in japan much more of a romantic holiday um or at least like intentions right um which is kind of funny because then you look at like valentine's day it's like valentine's day isn't really romantic it's more just like giving a present and then white day you uh, uh return the present or return not, not not the actual present but like the the sentiment right um, but Vel- but Christmas is like, hey, you like someone? You should give them a present. Um, so yeah, and then they continue that um, a little later on. They go to the shrine, right? So uh, Nagatoro got a good fortune. Senpai got a bad fortune, <laughs> which is really funny. Uh, it's w- what other outcome would there have been, right? Of course, that's how it goes. Um, and then Senpai, I don't remember if it was intentional or not, but he did invite Nagatoro to the matchmaking shrine like the romance shrine and so she obviously you know has a field day with that um and then another moment very 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 similar to when um when they were playing video games and he wanted to know her name her first name where he was like ah you know i you know i don't really want to know your name just because of a bet you know, like, I want to, I want to, I want to earn it on my own. I want to ask you on my own rather than just being like, well, you lost. So now you got to tell me very similar to what happens here where he's like, you know, I don't really want to depend on the gods for the relationship. You know, um, he even comes out and says like, you know, a- asking her out or whatever. And she again has a field day with that. But again, just like with the name thing, I think she really appreciates it. And it, it hits her in the feels, man, where she's like, wow, you know, like it, every episode with this show you know again it's like other kind of romance shows again you know this is has a lot more comedy in it but there's obvious romance elements in it where it's like just like other romance shows when they kind of play this little cat and mouse game with each other it's like you know where this is going to end up but this show really every episode just gets closer and closer and closer to where it's like they like each other like isn't that kind of a confession right there like it's it's almost a confession <laughs> it's like halfway to a confession you know um but we'll see we'll see you know i like you know even though like the weird comedy stuff that happens in it like i think the dance of the relationship is very wholesome um you know at the end of the day i think they really do care about each other even though she messes with him a lot and you know he kind of acts awkwardly to to a lot of stuff and you know he he's really able to go all the way with a lot of stuff at the end of the day they do really care about each other and whenever one of them just acts truly like a good friend to the other one, you know, closing in on a good partner to the other one, the you know, the other one can't deny that, and you can tell they're just like, I don't know what to do, because, <laughs> you know, you know everything's kind of hitting me at once, you know, like, even with, um, when Nagatoro saw Senpai stand up for her drawing at the zoo, like, she didn't know what to do, she was just like, yes, he's, he's defending me, <laughs> you know, so, it's just fun stuff like that. Uh, next, we have Kubo Won't Let Me Be Invisible, episode 5, part of my little trifecta of my favorite shows this season. Um, love it, right? So we have Shirashi uh, just, just kind of took the food with his with his hand because he was like, I'm not going to play your game. I feel like this is how it always happens. <laughs> Shirashi's like, I'm not. You, I will outsmart you. And then Kubo was just like, all right. And then and she kind of takes his hand and makes sure that, you know, he's able, that, that, that she's able to just bite it off of the little toothpick thing 
um, which is what he was trying to avoid to do, you know, avoid doing on his end. So, again, just kind of embarrassing him a little bit, you know. It's what she does. Um, and then we go a little later where Kubo's talking with her friends, and Kubo doesn't like one of those bad mouth Shiraishi, you know, because they had this whole thing where she's like, oh, no, I don't really, I don't know if I like anybody, you know, whatever. And they kind of push her, and she's like, oh, you know, you know, I think Shiraishi. And they kind of not really make fun of her for it, but they're just kind of confused. They're like, oh, but he's not like, he's not like overly like smart or athletic or popular or anything like that, you know, whatever. And again, she's not saying it in a bad way. She's just kind of like, I just don't understand, you know, I just, and then Kubo like, like puts his, I think she like puts her hand on, on their friend's hands and is like, stop. <laughs> Very seriously, like, stop talking. And then she says, like, I don't, you know, I don't like one other's bad mouth Shiraishi who, who don't know him. You know, you, you don't know him like I know him. You know, and then her friend apologized because, again, she wasn't doing it maliciously. Um, she's like, oh, no, I didn't mean it like that. And she's like, I know, I know. I just, you know, just stop. <laughs> you know. And then, uh, you know, you can tell how, how, like, protective she is. You know, because even her friends kind of mess with her and is like, um, you know, you're very protective. You know, and they're like, well, you know, how would you feel if you know, Shirashi started talking to another girl, just, just talking, not like if she, if he had like a girlfriend or whatever, and then she just kind of goes quiet, and she's like, another girl, <laughs> and she like, thousand yard stare of just like, oh, is that, is that something that could happen, is, I don't, oh man, <laughs> you know, so it's, it's, it's very funny, you know, because again, that, that just, you know, further goes to show like, what her relationship is with Shiraishi, where, like, she clearly is in love with this man, um, yeah, and, like, she is kind of protective, you know, because she is really the only one that can see him, you know, so, I, I, I mean, that definitely enhances it, right, um, and then later, we have Kubo wanting to listen to Shirashi's music tastes, you know, because, again, another funny moment where he's like, oh, no, I don't have any good music on here, and then he's like, oh, well, it's probably never stuff you never heard of, you know, you don't really know, and she's like, no, 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 it's because I've never heard of it that I want you to show me, you know, which is such a good thing to say because, yeah, like, that's why I asked. I want to know your music tastes, you know, like, I, I, I need to know, you know, so that's cool. Um, and then we find out later, kind of piggybacking off of that, she's watching the adaptation of the manga that he likes. She already read the manga because he was into it and she wanted to know more about stuff that he likes. And, she, and he's like, oh yeah, there's actually, I, I, I think he, I think it was a movie. I'm pretty sure it was like a movie adaptation. She's like, oh yeah, they just came up with a movie of it. It's crazy, blah, blah, blah. And now we cut to her in her home very intently, <laughs> like, you know, you know, watching the anime. Um, and then the sister comes out. I love this sister, <laughs> the sister so much. She's like, oh, what are you, what are you watching? She's like, oh yeah, you know, my, my friends were talking about it. And she doesn't say anything, but she just has a smug face. <laughs> She's like, really your friends huh <laughs> no, the, the sister Loki is the best character of the show um and then uh Shirashi somehow didn't still doesn't know that Kubo gave him the chocolate or the the the, the, the cookie um it's just come on Shirashi how how blind can you be you know it's clearly her you know and it's funny because the way he opens it up Kubo is jealous where she's like oh you know so who do you who do you want to give this to? Some other classmate, some some girl you like, you know, you know, she's 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 very venomous. But then as it goes on, she realizes 
Shirashi is an idiot. <laughs> he wants to give, he wants to return the gift of the cookie. He says he only got one cookie on Valentine's Day, so it was my cookie. It was in this desk, like it's mine. This man's is an idiot. Um, you know, and then she's like, oh, don't worry. I love sweet things. And Shirashi's like, why, why does it matter what, what Kubo likes? Like, it's, he's just going to give it to someone like it's a very weird comment for her to make that you know she likes sweet things like whatever you know and then she's just like listen if you don't know who it is that's your fault <laughs> very funny um I, I wonder if he'll ever find out you know because i don't think kubo will ever tell him because that's kubo's character like she likes teasing him she likes leaving him in the dark about certain things but she's like come on come on shirashi come on um but yeah good episode um you know, it, it's just so nice because, you know, this one, I think, was more so on Kubo's side of things. And it was more so just showing how much that he she really does like him. And, you know, not only with the we were talking to her friends, you know, but then also like the, the multiple instances where she's trying to get to know more about him, trying to be proactive with stuff like that. Um, and then just like the teeth at the end with the whole like returning the the uh, the sweet right uh but yeah great episode um again one of those shows where it's just like no real plot just like stuff happens and it's great the slice of life slice of lifeness of it is fantastic so uh next trigun stampede episode six you know i'll be honest people really enjoyed this episode some people i guess i don't know i saw it online um this episode was okay you know, I don't know if it was like the best episode of the season, but I get people. I get why people said it. You know, with you know, because the whole thing was basically a background on Nico. Um, you know, kind of his whole backstory and stuff, which you know, kind of explains some things. Um, isn't Nico also still like double agenting them? You know, isn't that still going on? Because like, oh, excuse me. Um, I don't know. It, 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 it's still a weird thing. I mean, I enjoyed the episode, right? It was cool because, you know, so we have um, some weird, like, prologue thing at the beginning where Nico gets shot, like, a hundred times and he still lives. So that's kind of a question that we have, like, is Nico immortal? <laughs> um, you know, and then more in present time, we have uh, Livio trying to execute uh, Vash using some sick SMGs. Like, the SMGs were crazy, and they just flipped them. And then the other side of the gun is also is also guns. So guns are on both sides. So you can kind of like, that's that's pretty sick. Um, but then we have the backstory, right? Who these characters are. So apparently Nico was experimented on. Um, and he tried to escape, wasn't able to at, at that point. Um, and so that's kind of how he got to where he was. Again, I, I guess he was another victim of like Millions Knives. Um, another character who was experimented on and turned into a monster. Um, not as bad as the other one that we saw. What was it, last episode or the episode before? Um, but, you know, but, but still, right? Um, and so, the, so that's kind of explains the very beginning where he got shot a million times. He's just maybe not immortal, but very hard to kill. Um, and then they used Livio to coerce Nico into doing what he's doing. So, again, he was never able to escape. He's still being used, apparently, maybe still being used to this day, maybe by millions of knives. I don't know. I don't remember. Um... Yeah, because him and you know him and Livio were very tight when, when you know when they were close or sorry <laughs> when they were young they were very close when they were young um, so then they kind of course were like hey if you don't do it we if you don't do what we say look what we have and they brought in the little kid Livio 
So now that he's here, it's very interesting. Um, but now there's like a whole army after them. We can jump back to present time. You know, Linko, Livio, there's a whole army probably sent by Millions Knives, I guess. Has something to do with Livio, I'm sure. Um, yeah, that's kind of just how it ends. Um, you know, like I said, the, the main part of the episode was the backstory. Like, 80% of this episode was just Nico, Nico's backstory of how, you know, he was a kid, and Olivia was a friend, and, you know, doing fun stuff with them, and then experimenting on for months and months to grow crazily, you know, like, in such a short time, when he should still be a kid, he looked like an adult because of the weird stuff that they were doing to him, so... That was the most, again, they were trying to humanize Nico. I think they did a good job, but again, isn't he still, like, like, lying to Vash? Like, he's not on their side, right? Like, wasn't that what we saw a couple episodes ago? Where it was like, ah, but you love killing friends, right? So, I don't know. I, I don't really know at this point. You know, he might be one of those characters that turns around and he's like, oh, no, I actually have come to love these guys, you know? I don't know. But we'll see. Even right now, there's not a lot of time to think. There's, <laughs> there's there's an army of people after them. I don't know how they're going to get out of this. Vash is nice, though, man. One thing I didn't mention was when, when Livio came at them, and he, like, shot, like, doo -doo -doo -doo, and then it cut back to him, and you saw Vash on his side with, with a gun, and it was like, ooh, Vash is quick. And then he, like, dodged out the way, spun, like, that That was crazy. Vash is nuts when he wants to be. It's so cool. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. Again, we'll, we'll we'll see how our how our heroes will escape this this fine mess. Next, we have Kana and the Great Snow Sea, episode four. Except we don't. At the beginning, you'll remember that I said one of these shows have been dropped. I've talked about every show so far, so the options have been wind have been dwindling <laughs> for for any of y'all's guesses. Um, if y'all guess Kana, y'all guessed right. I did drop Kana. Um, it was kind of really the last show on the chopping block for me where every other show, like I said, I kind of finished dropping a lot of shows last, um, you know, last week. And this one for me was still the one that was just kind of clinging on. You know, this episode was the make or break one for me. That's like, this episode has to be the one that I get into where I'm like, I'm in. But it wasn't, unfortunately. Um, you know, I just kept watching it and I was like, yeah, the characters are cool, I guess. The world is kind of neat, but... There's just nothing about it that's like hooking me, you know, it just, it's just another story, you know, again, I've, I think I've talked about this before, but there was a show called To Your Eternity, To Your Eternity, um, I think season two, is season two airing right now? Maybe it aired last season, I don't know, but again, very popular manga, uh, very popular anime, and I watched most of the first season, and I just couldn't finish it and I couldn't get excited for season two because to me it was like it was cool but it was really just some characters traveling and just doing stuff like to me there wasn't really any stakes there wasn't any real plot it was just like oh now we're here oh now we're here and it's just like I don't care about what's happening <laughs> you know what I mean like I don't why does any of this matter and so with Kana, you could argue like, oh, but their places are getting destroyed and there's the Valgia and there's the, like, I get it, but those things aren't interesting enough to me. Like, the Valgia aren't interesting to me, you know? Like, it's different to me than, like, if you watch Avatar The Last Airbender, like, the Fire Nation is interesting, you know? E even though they're, like, the villains, they're, they're not just some, like, mindless, like, 
we do have like Zuko and Iroh and you know the whole like regime of like taking over the world and like like it even gets deeper than that as the show goes on they're interesting to me the Val games are just like yeah we're here we don't really you don't really see us really and then we just kind of show up and then we try to kill people it's like all right cool who cares <laughs> you know we you know we didn't really spend enough time up top to care about anything that's going up up top on the canopy you know Riria's taken you know it's just like it's just a lot it's, it's just a lot of like puzzle pieces that aren't really connecting for me and we're already four episodes in five episodes in and at this point if i don't care like you can't say oh man just wait till the seventh episode the seventh episode is where it grips you it's like so i have to watch over half of the season <laughs> to get into it no i'm not i'm not doing that so that's where i'm at next we have inspector season two episode five um good episode i enjoyed this one i you know like i said last episode a little bit of a letdown for me um you know but you know but this one was was cool because even though we did kind of have another instance where Kotoko just kind of explains stuff, I feel like the Rika, the cousin part of it, was more than interesting enough to, to hold the episode. Um, and then kind of have the payoff of Kotoko just being like, oh yeah, this is this and that and that, and here we go. Um, so if Rika says that Kotoko scares her more than anything, that's very funny. <laughs> um, Rika gets hit by a truck, but was mostly fine. Because again, she kind of has the same powers as Kuro, right? It's not the same thing. Like she can, she's like immortal. She can see the future and whatever. So, um, Rika won the horse bet. So that was very fun. Uh, and then many people committed suicide in Rika's apartment. So that's kind of the whole like anchor to the episode of why she rented this place. Um, all that stuff, you know, why the manager is even like sort of wary of Rika of like mm. um but yeah and then you know Kodoko does give logical reason for the suicide just like Rika said she would um again I'm not 100% sure why they're after Rika they say that she's dangerous um you know like I said I'm, I'm just not really sure you know because they said like oh it'd be very bad for society if she were to just run loose mm. I don't really remember I don't remember why she's such a big deal. I mean, again, she has the same powers as Kuro, so that could be dangerous, but, like, Rika doesn't seem to be using those for ill. I mean, looking back, that's obviously why she won the horse bet, right? Because she's able to, like, pick the right one. She'd be like, oh, I just picked this the future. Um, but, yeah. I'm not really sure why they want her, but it's very cool because, you know, I'm, I'm, hoping, that, I'm hoping that's, like, a thread that they follow. You know, for the, for the rest of the show, for the rest of the season, to be like, hey. Or it's just like the next little mini arc. That could be cool. Um, and then, yeah, you know, they're just kind of explaining the suicides. It'd be like, well, they all kind of make sense. You know, some of them are disconnected, some of them are connected. But it's not because of the, the, the apartment that did it. It was because of the relationship between the people who committed suicide. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I feel like they have to be setting up Rika for like a little mini arc of the season because this whole episode is Rika. You know what I mean? Like it has to be them chasing her down. Um, so again, I'm very interested to see where that goes. Um, you know, why they care about Rika so much um, and how they get her because Rika knows they're after her, you know? So she knows not to stay in one place for too long. Um, so yeah, cool stuff there. Again, not like a crazy episode, but... 
I think it's setting up something that is really cool. Yes, you know, this next little mini arc that they're doing. Um, so yeah, can't wait. Then lastly, we have Tokyo Revengers season two, episode five. Um, yeah, good stuff here. Um, very emotional, and man, you hate to see it. You know, you hate to see it with Takamichi and Hinata, but we'll get to that. Um, so we see that young Takamichi saved young Hinata, and that's when she fell in love, like that moment, which was very cute, because it's like, ah, that's such like a little kid thing, <laughs> you know? Oh, he saved me from bad people, and he was wearing a cape and all that stuff, so. Um, and then he remembers that he's supposed to dump her on Christmas Eve, because he goes back to the present that we was at before, last, sometime last season, and... He remembers talking to Hinata, and Hinata was like, yeah, this is, you know, you dumped me on Christmas Eve right here. And then he's, and she's like, why? You know, and Takamichi, I believe he didn't really have an answer for her. He's just like, I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> you know, because he didn't, you know, why would he? Um, so now we're finally getting the answer. And so we have uh, Masado, who is uh, Naoto and Hinata's dad. He kind of comes out of nowhere. And Masato thanked Takamichi because Naoto said he wanted to be a cop, right? Because that, that's also what Masato is. He's, he's, a, he's a police officer. Um, so that's really cool, right? And Takamichi's like, I don't do anything special, whatever. But you clearly tell that, um, you know, there's a reason why Naoto wants to do that. It does have to do with Takamichi. That's really cool, right? And then we're like, all right, this is a good time, good time, good time. And then Masato wants Takamichi to break up with Hinata. And it's crazy because you immediately have that, like, reflex in you where you're like, no and also no <laughs> and then you're like oh it's just like the dad just the dad being a dad right that he's no of, of course he you know very cliche dads in media where no one is good enough for their daughter right so you just kind of think that's what it is but then he makes a very logical uh you know explanation where he's like you're a hoodlum can you without a doubt say that hinata will never get mixed up in in what you're doing you know like like she will never be in danger and he can't he can't say that without a shadow of a doubt and 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 <laughs> what is this whole show what is the reason that the show exists right the reason the show exists is because hinata gets murdered by gang members why we're not exactly sure but there is a connection between her and takamichi so anyone else in this situation again if you couldn't tell the future you would probably be like no no i'm gonna protect her you know she's not gonna get in that you know i'm gonna make sure she's not uh in 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 the mud with me you know what i mean i'll make sure or i'll quit you know so, you know something like that right but he can see the future and he knows that well technically he's right technically hinata does end up dying and it is because it's because of her ties to me that might be giving himself too much credit but that's how you would think right that's how anyone would think in that situation even if it isn't solely because she knows you you know you're gonna blame yourself right so, on Christmas Eve, just like 
just like the oracle foretold, <laughs> um, he breaks up with her. He gives terrible reasons. He's like, he just kind of mumbles some terrible reasons of like, oh, I like someone else, or oh, I don't really like you anymore. I don't enjoy your being, you know, spending time with you, whatever, right? And he, she just decks him <laughs> a couple times, decks him twice, falls on the ground. She falls on top of him, you know, hits him a bunch more times, um, cries, and says that she hates him, walks away. That's kind of where it ends. And we do get a little bit more where he goes back to uh, uh, Chifuyu. Is that his name? I don't know. And like Kiski and all them guys. And they're like planning on what to do next, right? Christmas Eve, Christmas, whatever. Christmas showdown, right? Tomorrow, right? Whatever. I don't care about that. I care about Takamichi and Hinata because that sucks, man. Like the whole time I was watching this, like out loud to myself, I was like, that sucks. <laughs> I said it like 10 times to myself because I'm just like, and then, and then even at the end when he was on the ground, he was crying too because he even said like, I, I love her so much. And it's just like, like, does this work out? I don't think it does. You know, you breaking up with her, I don't know that that just fixes everything, you know? But what are you going to do? You know, that's that's what you think is right at the time. I mean, if, if I were to make a prediction, I would say that him breaking up with her doesn't just fix everything, right? Him breaking up with her isn't necessarily the move. Um, I think at some point he is going to get back together with her. Um, you know, I, I, I don't know who it'll be. I mean, I think... I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we, we, we do have a future where they break up and whatever, but then... I don't know. I don't know. Because, like, we, we, we already had a future where they break up and she still dies. So it's like you breaking up with her doesn't isn't necessarily the, the key, you know? So I don't know. I'm a sucker for romance, too, especially when it comes to anime. So I'm just like, them ba them breaking up is, like, the worst part. Like, they should just end the show. <laughs> I don't watch the show anymore. They're they're not together. Um, but, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Again, like, this whole Christmas showdown thing. I mean, if it is Christmas Eve, that means the showdown's happening tomorrow. So I imagine next episode we're going to get into it. We have to, right? Unless it's just planning next episode, maybe. I mean, that's possible. But we'll see. We'll see. So. And that is it. Not another isekai. That is it. Um, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of the episodes are particularly weak. Uh, I mean, some of them weaker. But uh, yeah, had a good time overall. Um, let me know what you guys think of all these shows, what shows you're watching, all that stuff. Um, especially some of the two core stuff. Those are ending. I mean, they're ending with everything else this season, except for Eminence and Shadow. That's up. That's ending next week. But uh, yeah, let me know what you think. What are your, some of your favorite episodes this week? What are you, what are you super excited for? Um, we are halfway through the season, so I did I did take a peek, a little, little bit of a peek at next season. And let me tell you. Oof. Next season is just banger on top of banger. <laughs> like, there's some crazy shows next season. We're getting Attack on Titan. We're getting Demon Slayer. We're getting the Konosuba spinoff. Um, other stuff that I can't remember. We're getting uh, is Dr. Stone. I think Dr. Stone's next season, maybe. Um, 
uh, the the Witch for Mercury, the 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 Gundam show that we talked about last season. Uh, the the second core, they're they're calling it a second season, but it's coming so quick that I imagine they just kind of made them at the same time when they're releasing them as like two seasons, but it's really just a second core. It's kind of similar to Spy Family, where it's like, was it really Spy Family season two or was it just Spy Family like the second half? You know. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're getting we're getting a ton of good stuff. We're getting a ton of good stuff. Um, so yeah, excited for that. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. Until next time, watch more anime.